welcome back to the Art versus Commerce podcast. Uh, finally. Um, so, yeah, it's been three months. And um, for all the people that reached out and asked if it was just, frankly, over, um, thanks so much for caring and thanks so much for asking. Um, you know, I think when you start out making passion project stuff that um, it's not confined to one project, it's an ongoing thing, you don't know how things are going to go the, the further out you are. And we got um, 12 episodes in, um, took about three, three months, and then life started happening, started, do, started going on projects. I, I am excited at the prospect of constantly coming back to this. And I think um, coming back to it with more perspective and more thoughts on how to do it, thoughts on where the conversation's going. And as long as everybody is willing to um, stay subscribed, there will definitely be uh, episodes that keep popping up. I think I'm hopefully uh, looking at getting, you know, back onto a bit of a groove, getting getting some more episodes out. You know, it's just been really nice knowing that uh, the, lo- the longer that it wasn't on, people that, that care um, were asking about it. So thank you for doing that. It's definitely inspired me to um, find the time now that, now that my life is starting to calm down a little bit. I'm, I'm glad that the first conversation back uh, is with a guy who I think is uh, really thoughtful, has had a really interesting career so far and is an ideal candidate to talk about all the things that we kind of cover in this podcast, and that's um, Christian Schultz. He uh, is well known for his work being on staff at Musicbed, uh, making a, a lot of their films, making some of the, making some of the first films that took off. Uh, we talk all about that. He got a bunch of staff picks and what that meant for him, what that meant for the company, what how he's taken that and continued with it, and now he's freelance and what that transition was like. Uh, I think Christian did a great job of really being honest and and not delivering. Um, the common the common answers to these really tough but universal questions. You know, he's a really inspiring dude. What he's managed to do for in terms of bringing his aesthetic to a brand and then um, continuing on after that and being able to really be a part of that. You know, uh, Vimeo and online ecosystem that we are all watching and um, growing from and learning from and evolving from and then obviously a lot of the people that were have been involved in that looking past that now and bigger platforms and bigger campaigns and bigger projects and I think that it's an exciting time to catch someone in the transition Um, he was talking about at one point saying that you know I'm not sure if I have freelance life figured out yet. I don't know if I could talk on it. And it's like, I think actually the fact that you don't have it figured out, I'd love to know what that is, you know, in that moment. Uh, And that's kind of um, totally the point. In the podcast, Christian and I spoke about a lot of people that um, he's worked with and that have inspired him. And they've also inspired me and they've, they've been on the podcast. So, you know, when he's, when we mentioned Ryan, we're talking about Ryan Booth. We mentioned Elliot. uh, We're talking about Elliot Roush. Um, with variable, um, you know, that's John Bragel's company. So hopefully, you know, I think you start to realize that um, it is a small world and uh, especially in the little space that a lot of us are a part of. And so it's cool, you know, um, to now have those podcasts in the bank and uh, hopefully you've listened to them. And if not, I suggest it. And, you know, you can start to get reference points for the way that we're all looking at each other's work and being inspired by it and thinking about how um, we're all going about it. So that's super cool. And also, uh, just to pimp Christian's podcast called The Good, 
it is it is good. Uh, it's him and Jared uh, Hogan. They are kind of all over the map, but it's 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 within filmmaking. But they kind of they tackle a totally different person every week. Um, sometimes it's cinematography, sometimes it's directing, sometimes it's producers or sound design. It runs. Uh, sometimes they just kind of spitball on on movies that they like. It's it's super cool. Uh, it's definitely a totally different format than mine, and I think that that's awesome. Um, and they're getting a lot of notoriety for it. All, all, of, all of it's really good, and uh, I really like the universal holistic aspects of it. So definitely check out Christian's podcast as well. It's called Good. So it's great to be back, and, uh, you know, this thing is a muse for me. Thanks for, thanks for listening, and we'll keep it going, and I hope to be putting out a bunch more this, uh, this spring and summer. So welcome back. I'm doing a project for a company called Musicbed that I used to work for. We I've been here for a week now, mm-hmm. and uh, it, the project's pretty interesting. I don't know if you want to go into it now, but um, I'm trying something I've never tried before with this one. What's um, that? I'm actually. It seems so uh, common, but it, it is a lot harder than I thought it would be. But um, actually, like living with a subject for a week. Like, oh, that's cool. Like in their house. That's cool. So I'm staying up in their loft so is it kind of like you can turn on the camera whenever literally so like and make it <laughs> making it so like uh I d- i'm not i don't know their schedule at all so i we literally just wake up and i ask them what are we doing today and, oh, uh, oh so you make sure to not know it i make sure to not know it yeah. at least for this one i think that's cool I what's, try, the, what's I, the deliverable what's like what's it like so it's a hopefully it's a five to ten minute short documentary um for a series that music bed's doing um that is based around the idea of a passion project. So actually following somebody doing a passion project. And a passion project for me, I guess, is considered someone who is paying for their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And taking time off to not do anything else. That's definitely a passion project. So I think there's there's a lot of... It's interesting that there's a lot of... We're not doing any like sit-down interviews either. Everything's like impromptu. It has to be, it yeah. has to be in the moment. So it's just total cinema verite, just trying to... Dude, I love it. Yeah. That's going to be... It's going to be an absolute crazy thing to edit, but it's going <laughs> to be worth it in the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm Have you edited any of these yet? No, I'm, uh, I mean, this one I'm working... Is this with. the first one? This is the first one in the series, yeah. Cool, cool, So cool. we have two more lined up, um, but for this one, I'm using... A really good friend of mine, his name's Lucas Harger, to edit it. That he uh, he edited a documentary feature that me and Ryan Booth shot last year. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, he's amazing. I think he's like I'm kind of pissed at myself that I just said his name, so that <laughs> I kind of want to keep him to myself. So that your magic, the right. magic's gone. Like who's <laughs> who's Christian's secret weapon? Right. You'll never know. Um, well, that's super cool, and I mean, it's interesting because I was going to get into this, you know, because we met when you were still at Music Bed full yep. time. And uh, it's cool that you can now still be working with them. Do you remember the first time we met? It was at Masters of Motion. Was it Masters? Do you remember the conversation? Oh, I remember we had some good ones. <laughs> what was it exactly? Am I going to be? We had a total right full-on argument, almost a yelling match. No, did you we? Don't remember? Were you drunk? I mean, it's Masters of Motion. There's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a place to socialize. You gave me so much shit. Oh my god! About, about what? T- about shooting wide open. You're oh. like. You're like fuck that dude like that's not how you're supposed to do it and like i'm making you sound oh, like an asshole but <laughs> i remember the conversation right. now I, it's weird how you go through phases with like aesthetics <laughs> and you I gave me shit for it yeah yeah because you were in a phase i was totally in phase 
it, it still has some validity, but it's obviously not like a be all and end all. No, I've, I've definitely come a long way. <laughs> you stop down now I, every, once I, I, every once in a while. Every once in a while, I'll stop down. <laughs> like for the most frame. part. Well, because I think what I was going through was, um, I guess I had felt that, like especially with the DSLR world, that people were hiding behind the beauty of shallow depth of field versus right. actually having a f- composition that, right. that that was that was the crux of the convo but uh <laughs> i remember <laughs> it now oh man it totally slipped my memory uh well at the time you were on staff at music band yeah and you were i mean essentially doing the same type of work that you just described yeah. in terms of i think music bed really set the way in terms of um a brand that's making you know videos for their company right. but doing it um beautifully and uh how'd you first get started there with music band yeah i was i had moved to fort worth i got a a really like uh i think i was 21 years old i I was dating a girl in new orleans and i was delivering pizzas and trying to do the whole music thing for like a long time so i lived in new orleans with a bunch of guys and kind of played and four or five bands at the time and just I mean that's definitely the place to go right do that. right so I mean and and they have the cool thing about New Orleans is you have so many different options yeah so you can play in, I've been there a bunch I know right. well it's cool you can play in an indie band you could play in a, in a funk band you could play in a hardcore band if you want you know like so I just tried to spend as much time playing and on the road so I can come home with a few bucks what were you um what kind of music it was I mean it was all those I think the main one was a was a, a metal band. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I played drums for a metal band. Oh, sweet. So drums was your instrument? Yeah, I've played drums Percussion? since I was 10. Yeah. Was it all sorts of stuff? Was it other percussive stuff? In the later years, I was playing in a band f- with... Uh, I was doing vibraphones and I was doing keyboards and that, like, more percussion stuff. But still in rhythm. Right. So... Which I gotta believe uh, helps your filmmaking, too. Oh, I've sure. had that conversation with plenty of people. Right. Probably subconsciously, I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, definitely. You know, I at least growing more, up, even maybe not even the idea of like pacing, but the idea of how music affects a visual thing. You know, oh, I that think too. that's that's kind of where I see it mostly. But but yeah, I was living in New Orleans and got a girlfriend and basically just wanted to marry her, so I had to pay for all that. <laughs> so uh, music yeah. wasn't really cutting it at the time. Did so, you? What, Prior, during this at all was there any um idea that visuals and filmmaking was like yeah like i had for like since the time that i can remember i was making like war films and horror films on my mom's vhs oh all right with my my friends okay and like kind of we would shoot something at night edit it down and then watch it the same night oh, so you were hardcore d- into it but yeah. then and then but then there was a music moment and you gave you left yeah it, like music to go it was funny because like music seemed really attainable where filmmaking didn't right well because dslrs weren't out right you know it yeah. was like there's I, a big barrier to entry yeah. at that point still so i mean stuff like youtube was coming up and like we that's kind of where i started getting involved with like making films for my bands was like we would go on a tour and we would make like daily vlogs yeah. but it, like I, I describe it as like being a tourist at disneyland like it was just like slowed zooms on some dude's nose and then that was it, you know, and then like, it just didn't make any sense. It right. wasn't, it wasn't filmmaking. I, I see what you're saying, but <clears throat> you were still flexing the muscle a little sure. bit. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It, it's, it's makes perfect sense that you then go and like, is it the first job with filming for the music bed? Cause that seems no. to be the perfect marriage. <laughs> no. So then what happened? No, I mean, but that is kind of true. That's the first time I ever kind of realized that. Really? Yeah. It's like, 
so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, but it is like, I think that is why I loved working at Musicbed so much because it was like that deep seed of like, loving bands it's like loving music sure but like feeling for the band the band dudes right you know the like struggle the, of the that. struggling artists that aren't getting paid because i was there and I was there's a lot guy. of emotion there yeah. too it's just like waiting to be right you know the second you're filming someone right there's so much layers right so i was uh living in new orleans and then i got a job at a at a small church in texas being like the film dude so i was shooting so you had made you had made this decision that I'm now going to totally shift. I'm looking for a film job. Yeah, like I I I, had, I remember submitting. They asked for like work that I had done, and I submitted like tour videos. All right. And like I think for some reason they saw maybe they were wrong. They, they must. Have, oh come on! <laughs> like I think at that time right. I was at that time I was it was it, I mean I wish I could show you it was basically it was like horseshit. It was horseshit. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, and I don't mean any disrespect, but it's not how 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 intense were the church was like looking to make like crazy videos. I mean, no, I mean it was basically it was straightforward stuff. They were like, looking for someone with enthusiasm who right. like, knew their way around a camera. Right. It wasn't exactly a production company, right? And by that time, I had figured my way around a five D and yeah, had my own sixty D and stuff like that. So I took the job soon after got married and started kind of. I got an apartment, you know, started doing it. <laughs> started making church videos. Yeah. So, but in that time at the church, were it, they like super creative? Did they give you some freedom and did you make some like interesting things? You know what? Thinking back on it, it was a lot of freedom because there wasn't anything there before. Okay. So I was basically looked at as like. Now, were you, did you apply to a lot of different places and the church picked you up or were you also religious and you wanted to do it for the church? No. I mean, I grew up, my family's, um, grew up like a symbols of God and I kind of grew up in the church. And so that like whole deal yeah. was like just a part of me, you know, so but it the, seemed like a natural place to ask for a job for this. Um, I mean, it definitely came through a relationship that I had. Okay. Um, oh, a, fr- right. a friend of mine, his name's Blake. He, uh, was like somewhat the creative director of the church. And we had met briefly over a summer, two years or three years before. There's this just whole totally pocket of guys who started, with church videos. Yeah. It's really Well, something. the thing is, you know why, dude? As a New York Jew, it blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? The thing is, you go to a church and you have to figure everything out. What like, do you mean? In like faith-wise or no, technical? No, no, no. Not, I mean, faith aside, like that, uh, whatever your journey is, it's kind of like whatever you figure it out, whatever. Right. But in a year's time, you're probably making 150 videos. Jeez. Like... So two, you're, two a week. So you're sharpening your chops for right. sure. So you're doing you're doing like documentary testimony stuff. You're doing green screen stuff. You're doing event coverage. You're doing a ton of stuff. You always have a camera in your hand. You know you have to figure out how to be creative extremely fast. I get it. You yeah. know, and you don't get that anywhere. It's else. It's a marathon. I mean, honestly, people go to film school for that same exact right. thing. Right. So that makes sense. So yeah. then, um, were you uh, the aesthetic that you have now? Was that a part of? This time, were you like figuring that out then, or what? What? I th- honestly, I mean, obviously, doing that stuff week in and week out, like that aesthetic, kind of gets sharpened, I guess. But the aesthetic that I wanted to do in doc, or the aesthetic that just maybe not, I didn't even want to do it. It just felt right, like to me. It came from a lot of. Um, I mean, I just grew up watching thousands of, of movies. I kind of just grew up in the movie theater. Um, so like there was a lot of, and I kind of, even at like a super young age, like went to 
IFC and like went to like this, you know, Sundance channel and stuff like that. Never was like a big movie theater, like superhero kind of movie dude. Like it was all, my dad was showing me Hitchcock films and showing me. So I had like, um, a really deep love for like emotional kind of independent filmmaking, like stuff that felt a little bit less polished, you know? I don't know if like, I'm kind of, it's hard because it's hard to talk about my own aesthetic because I don't really know. I can't really put a finger on what it is. You yeah, could, you no, could probably do it better than I could. Yeah, no, as it should um, be. I think people that can answer that question appropriately, it's probably not very good. Right. <laughs> like, like it's, you know, to be frank, like there's that thing where you just need to. I remember the first time someone was looking at my video and they were like, "Yeah, like I, I had your style." I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, like, that's a good thing." Yeah. But uh, yeah, it took me by surprise too. Yeah. But you're always at, I mean, it's also something that's constantly evolving. Like, you know, one day you like shallowed up the field and then the next, like, it just needs to be super deep, you know, for example. I only shoot at 16 now, just by the way. <laughs> so glad <laughs> you were listening. Uh, um, so where, where were we? We just got, I just had a zoom go down. Zoom went down. So I think that we were talking about aesthetic and then you trying to figure it out in church. But honestly, it seems like you were just moving so fast with so many things yeah. to, to do that it was just a matter of you just not falling back on deadlines. I mean, 150 a year, my God. Yeah. At, at what point did you, um, did you make a move elsewhere? I worked there for a year and a half. And that was salary. That was salary. That was uh, $30,000 a year. Wow. Can you imagine? Not, <laughs> was it even possible... Um, based in Texas, was it a little easier or Um, was it super struggle? No, I mean, super struggle. That kind of sounds funny, but like, no, it wasn't super struggle. Like you can deal on through. I mean, I, it's like in New York, you're you're dead on arrival. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I, 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 my family never grew up having a ton of money okay you know my dad sells has sold sold elevators for 25 30 years now and probably has obviously gone up in his salary but we grew up like we didn't have a ton of things you know like Hmm. the things that were like awesome was like he coached my baseball teams and he coached my basketball teams you know what i mean like i kind of grew up on that right so i kind of um i just never grew up super materialistic so we lived in a okay apartment and we had goodwill couches and had fun, you know, went to as many movies as I wanted. And yeah, <laughs> that was so it. like, so, so the church also provided an opportunity to use gear and actually work on your filmmaking. Cause it was really hard to come by. Cause of- no, you, I would say I had 100% chance. I had zero time to do anything like out. Are you talking about outside of the church? No, I meant like being given an opportunity to work with gear. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like you, you were using a, a company's, um, gear to make stuff yeah i mean yeah i think yeah for about a year i think i used my own stuff just because it's like it shot slow motion that gotcha. was <laughs> yeah, gotcha. so it was that overcrank right and it wasn't it wasn't that was the thing is like you learned how to be scrappy with the small amount of things that you had which was an editing program and two two one k's you know that was it yeah you know and i i mean i i cherish that time honestly like i cherish that time like I can see how it's trial by fire. And yeah, you I wouldn't be the same. Better, I faster. Yeah, I wouldn't be the same, for sure. And so then at what point, When? where did you move next? And did you? Did that happen because you had been plotting a move? Or did was it kismet? What happened? It was, so, it was very serendipitous, just like everything else that's happened in my film career. Like, it's very serendipitous. And uh, a, a guy named Daniel McCarthy started going to the church that I was working at. 
and he started a company called Musicbed and went for a couple years and then they started making he kind of was a filmmaker so he would do it as much as he can he as much as he could and then one day he kind of asked me if I would come make a film for them just like a promo or something on like a weekend mm. so I did that and he loved it and then uh, I did another one and then I did another one and then I did another one and then eventually he just kind of we just started having little talks about like what it would look like if we started a film portion of the company like a division like a division that was just telling stories that was just telling um this was still while you were at the church yeah i was still at the church yeah and it was sensitive because he like was really good friends with blake and like a bunch of the people at the that were my bosses at the time was you know it, what i mean was it a bit like under the table kind of <laughs> it was a little under the table oh. but i think that's the kind of guy that he is he's not sketchy in any way but he's just like I guess he he gets something in his head and it and it, he can't get it out. I know Daniel you know? just a little bit, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, eventually I went. I just kind of moved on to after I think it was about two years at the church, and then I, I moved on to music bed. And that was also salary. Yeah, that was a salary. And did you automatically enter into uh, higher end gear? Mm, yeah, I think it, we that was part of like the talks that we were having was like, right, like what if, if we did this, like what would it look like? What would we get? Because, I mean, it was also at a time that Musicbed was doing really well. They had it was they had they had money to spend. Yeah, and they had because um, they were also very scrappy, and like. They were four employees for almost two years. It's unbelievable yeah. considering what it is now. Right. So I was the 10th employee and it was doing very well. Like obviously not anywhere close to how it's doing now. Right. Um, no, it's on a different scale. Right. So I... When you started working with the better gear, yeah. was there... How did that affect, you think, your creativity, if at all? I think zero. Cool. And... That may piss some people off, but I think the piss them off because they don't believe you. No, because it's the wrong thing to talk about. You know, is it the thing that made the absolute difference was the amount of time that I had to do something. Yeah, that makes sense. As opposed to, I found out I find out something on Monday. Just taking the church for example, which is not. It's just this. It's just the situation. If you take a job at the church, that's how it's going to be. They have a meeting on Monday. You figure out. You get a task. Tuesday, you start planning for it. Well, it's the only way you're going to make 150 (laughs) videos in a year. Right. My God. So it was such, it was a big shock. So we, for example, we, we did a series of like four videos that were, um, they were really bad because we didn't, I don't think we really knew what we were trying to do. And trying to create the company voice. No, it was like, like I got there and it was like, man, like, what should we do? Like, oh, we just need to make promos. Like, let's just make some promos because I don't have any promos. Like, you just didn't even know what content to make. We didn't know what to make yet. So, like, all the chats that we were having before I started there, we we didn't talk about um, all the great films that they've made over the years. You know, like none of that was there yet. You know, like right, it was starting from scratch. It was starting from scratch. So we made like four videos that were like, we we made one about a nonprofit, and then about agencies, and then like you know like sales shit, like just kind of marketing, marketing shit. You were (laughs) yeah, yeah. but I I mean that was that seems like an inevitable start. Yeah, for sure. Because like you got to build your the base of your content, right? right? And but but to your credit, I remember seeing the the first ones that when they first came out. I remember as just a guy who used Musicbed from time to time, who right. knew of it, who didn't know you, didn't know who was behind it. Right. I'm looking at a video that they put up and I was like, oh, that's actually, 
that's like a it's like a Vimeo film product. It's actually not. I'm like bad. That, that's actually like made by people who know what they're doing. Right. And I remember like being kind of like stunned by it. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, that's a new way to do that. Yeah. Sure. Um, and now I think a lot of a lot of these brands are doing that, but I don't. I, I could be wrong, but it felt new when I first saw it. Sure. And how how active was that discussion in the beginning? Because I'm curious about um, the type of brand aesthetic versus your own. How did you differentiate? How did you influence? And I know that you weren't thinking about aesthetic, but obviously like yeah. palette and mood and tone, all those things. I think, honestly, it's hard because that's, um, I mean, it was very clear like from when Daniel hired me that he, I mean, I remember even him even saying like, I, I don't want you to change what mm. you're doing because you're already doing it fine. But let me just give you some more resources and some more time to do it. So I, I don't think anything... There wasn't a discussion. There wasn't like a conversation that was like, so in, we in need that to sense, do it. Like, what if we do it this way? Yeah, it could be a better question for Daniel, but it's kind of like, no, I hired you because I like what you do. Right. So you yeah, just yeah. do that. Like, yeah. I've made the decision that what you do is I'm fine with. Right. And that, I mean, that's really cool. What what kind of what kind of um, response were you guys getting off of that stuff? Well, the first four, I don't. It feels like so long ago, dude. But it I wasn't know. that long ago. It was I like know. two years ago. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't remember the kind of response that, no, 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 I do remember the response, response. We, we put up, I remember everybody really loving this film that we made about Ryan Booth. It was pretty good. (laughs) One, because everybody loves Ryan. He's an easy guy to like. But I think it was kind of like what you said, like it felt like it came out of nowhere. I think there was a, a clear jump between what Daniel and his buddies were able to make, like in their spare time for the music bed. And it was a lot of like after effects, like text coming in and like new products and like, you know. They were making kind of, marketing materials. They were making it's marketing just different. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's inherently can't be as good as a doc right. about an interesting guy like Ryan. Right. So it went from kind of that. And then all of a sudden we were, we were doing uh, this new stuff. So I, it was very much responses like, like what you just said, which was like, what? like, this is cool. Like, can y'all keep doing this? You know, like it was very much like a, it felt like it came out of nowhere because it kind of, I mean, it did. You yeah. Know, it went from no employee to an employee that was just doing that. And as it grew, and I think the notoriety grew, mm. how aware were you of that shift? And did like when the numbers started growing, either yeah. for the company or for your views? Yeah. In what ways did that influence or in what ways did you try to not let it influence? What, what is it? What was the relationship with the growing popularity like? Yeah. Well, what happened was we did those four videos, which are kind of very standard marketing material. And they were, like you said, they were different, but we decided to just do like a pure storytelling video, just like a branded content, short documentary about our, our friend Solomon uh, Lickthumb. And he was living in Australia at the time. And it w- it happened in like two weeks. Like we had the idea, got on the phone with Sal, and then... That's how Daniel um, operates. Wait, what? Yeah, it was just very quickly. Like, yeah. So we, we got on the phone with Sal and then bought tickets the same day, and then we left two weeks later. And then um, kind of... We weren't even really there for that specific film. We ended up making four films while we were there. Hmm. But we had like eight hours with with Sal and um and made a film called The Great Abyss and then put that out and um I think it the we put it out in like the same day it got staff picked on Vimeo and we didn't really know um how to do that 
Like, what do you mean? Um, because you, like, um, as a company, as like an organization, um, like kind of where you, at least for me, like they, I think we made the mistake of giving, like give, it wasn't a mistake for me, but it was a mistake for the company, but they gave me credit on Vimeo. So, um, like a, like a physical director's editor credit on there. So, um, that is I, what you did though, right? Yeah. Like, where's the mistake? Um, should the, it should it not the have attention been the should attention went more towards myself um as a as opposed to the company uh, no like the company like the, i mean it got I, I don't know where how many views it has now but well because um, i'm saying i think it's interesting if it's like they're providing i don't because like daniel's going i don't want you to change anything you're doing i want to just give you more resources and time and then he lets you go and do it like isn't it, it wouldn't it be cool if like the film division of this place is for giving filmmakers their ability to get their due or no yeah what where's what 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 do you think might have been a better way to go about it for the company or something who who, who th- didn't benefit the way that they should have in your mind i don't know well <laughs> I th- hold on well because well, where does the comment come from the what your original comment that there was a mistake um i think for the organization like for the for the company like especially the way that we we were trying to build a Vimeo community because the company is for filmmakers and that's 99% of Vimeo's filmmakers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it was, it was honestly like we put it out and kind of left my credit on there. And then Did it I, give I woke, yeah, I woke up the next day and I had 19 missed calls and, and like 50 emails from, I guess people not asking about, I think there was like a side of it that was like, I might very quickly like be taken away. Like if my, if I wasn't planted in music bed. Right. Like I might be taken away. That's a big, that's a big uh, thing to be dealing with. And it was honestly like, that was, um, it felt so good. As you know? it, as I would imagine it as should. It, and as would. it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, How did they, like, was there any feeling? Um, I don't think anybody realized for a couple, a couple months. Because we we put we made some more films. You didn't share with everyone that that was happening. No. Oh, I see. And I mean, but but you were obviously loyal to your the place oh, where yeah, you were I mean, working. They were my best friends, you know. And I I mean, it's, that must have been a hard. I mean, I know that 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 that's the reason that you did that, and good on you for doing that. But yeah. that must have been really hard. Honestly, it wasn't that hard. Great. Why? <laughs> And I don't, I don't say that to sound. Uh, you don't. I'm do ki- I sound that way? Like I don't. I'm, oh, per- like, it wasn't that hard, man. Like whatever. Like, no, man. I'm at, like I. I, <laughs> I enjoy the the. Yeah. Okay. Um, the question. The answers that I'm not expecting. Yeah. And honestly, I had some just like weird realization that the whatever I was like looking for, and maybe I f- I didn't fully know what I wanted or like what was available to me success wise um, from like from going from branching out from branching out mm-hmm. but i honestly felt and i still do like to an extent feel like what i had in that moment like what i had at music bed working with my best friends it was still really small working in like a freaking like just like the best environment it's the best culture that you could work in yeah you know no, i get that working at, like that to me was was making it and i was getting paid really well and I was making films about whatever I wanted, you know, <laughs> it's like true. literally it's someone saying like, what do you want to do? Uh, okay, go do it. And here's, and here's money, money and here's cameras 
go do it and then make whatever you want. Like that to me still to this day sounds like making it, you know, of like being successful at what you like. If I'm getting, I mean, no, it's, it's a great, the cl- that's the best answer. It's like, wh- great. Why? Oh, cause I felt successful. Isn't that yeah, the best? Right. I, yeah. I mean, not to, I'm not, that shouldn't be made light of. Yeah. Like that's an important distinction. So you just kept going. Yeah. So that's the thing is I, I don't think anybody, I don't think it's anybody's fault because nobody, that's like kind of what I said. Like we didn't know how to do that. Like have something take off. And get a well, bunch of notoriety about your, like you, the films you're making. When you say you didn't know how to do that, you, you mean like you didn't know how to maximize the benefit of getting that? Um, um, that no, we just didn't know how to do it inside of a corporate, like inside of a, a company. Because at that time, like Vimeo, I, at least at that time, I had never, there was no clear like, okay, like, do we give producer credits on this? Do we give like credits to the artist on this? Do we like, you know, like... It felt like we didn't do any of that. We just gave a credit to Christian Schultz. And it was like, okay, like, okay, so how do we do this now? Like, now, like, how can more people benefit from this? It's like, now we're going to list the songs that we use in there. We're going to list a link to the subjects, bio, and, and the, the, you know, whatever. And so none of that was happening. No, we just, yeah, we didn't know how to plan. Because I don't think we really knew that it was going to happen. You know, I think we knew that we had a great film. And, but the, at least, maybe it's changed now but the idea of like a staff pick was like a it was a big deal i think it still is it yeah it still is for and i uh it's interesting how it can affect what kind of if i can ask like what kind of offers were you getting that you were just turning down like what kind of what kind of other turns were you were you not taking it was honestly like it was a it was a bunch of freelance job offers right it was a bunch of um People just wanting to talk to me, and you wouldn't even do that. Um, no, I didn't. know. if that that would feel like, I think. I mean, obviously, if some kid asked me, like, "Oh, yeah, what did you yeah. shoot that on?" Be right, like, right, right. "Oh, dude, like we just shot it on this." And Different than like a producer or something, right? Wanting to just chat, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just like a big uh, attention, yeah, thing. I'm with you. And like I said, we didn't we didn't know how to to handle it, and then we, we kind of didn't say anything still, and then we moved on. We just kind of kept making films, put another film out, and then that one got staff picked. And everybody was kind of like, okay, like maybe we should figure this out now. I think it was uh, at that point, it was like right after that second staff pick that we got. I remember very vividly, he's he's a great friend of mine. Uh, his name's Will. <laughs> he walked into my office and he kind of sat down and he was like, hey, so I think we decided that we're just going to not give any more credits on our Vimeo page. Like we're only gonna give credits like to the well. Who was technically stars. getting the staff pick? The music music bed, right. totally. But they were like crediting me on the side, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and very nonchalant. It wasn't like no, directed no, by I, Christian Schultz, and then right, right, the right. music by it was. It was like how did just you? Like on the side. How did that affect you? How did you? Th- what did you think of that? Oh, dude, I died, man. Yeah, I died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I and it's it's got to uh, be super hard, dude. Yeah, it was it was it was hard. Because I knew in my gut that it was the the right thing to do. Why? Because I don't think, I honestly don't think that it was the best thing for Musicbed. Okay. I think if we had, that's what I'm saying, like if we had figured out a way to brand the Musicbed film team, you know, like as an entity or like as some sort of. Like, like they got the credit as an as a whole as, or something. Yeah. Like, like music still, film division. It still led them to music bed in some way. Like if it was some sort of production company that didn't make anything else besides music bed stuff. But let me ask you this question because they, they do. 
popularize individual artists that the musicians that they rep, and it's different. Yeah, it's different. I think because like, uh, because what's the difference? <laughs> um, because those people aren't on salaries, right? I was I was about to say it's probably it's the relationship that Musicbed has with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. No. That. 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 I. Yeah. So then, so that happens. I, I mean, just like any, if you take a salary job, there's just certain stipulations that come with that. Definitely, definitely. And you were, like you said, I got really lucky that I took a salary job, successful, and then they kind of accidentally of let me have those credits. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I mean, if you go anywhere else, yeah, but nothing, that's like no, a, but nothing's ever going to change the fact that you directed those and that you edited those, and that's yeah. And the that's thing, a, that's the a thing truth. Is, that's like you know, we, we credit we, or no credit, right? And we went on to make fifteen films that year. Jeez. And got another staff pick in, in the fall. And if people want to know, they'll find out. Yes, like, definitely. And it's not, that's the thing that still amazed me. It's like the right people ask that, the right people that like would be offering you a new job or something, they ask mm -hmm. that question regardless. They right. figure it out. They're yeah. not, it's really almost the masses that, that flock to a credit or something. Right. And, th and, and that's uh, hope, like that makes me feel good that like, it should, you know, that sort of that sort of thing, like because I I would find it out. The you know dude comes I mean? no matter what for yeah. the people that matter. Yeah, like in in either direction. Right. Um. So then, how long? So you stayed. So you then made another fourteen, thirteen videos that year. Yeah, I and, think it was something like that. Yeah. And um, knowing now that like what you were sitting on, at least in terms of eyeballs, yeah. did any of this affect? Um, your creativity positive or positively or negatively like was it in your head at all yeah yeah i mean we got <laughs> it's funny because i can only realize that i only really went back and watched those films like all the films like kind of recently over like a course of like a couple of months one thing that i i did i started doing was the the classic crime of just trying to recreate what got what just got successful mm. um what things were you emulating my own stuff like like trying to figure out like what specifics you if you can name them um like specifics of each piece yeah like what what were you trying to recreate i don't even know man just trying to recreate the story type the type of character the the way the you know the way that there it wasn't i really hated like resolutions and things and like like trying to play with that, like you know, like, it's like just, you kind of kept having the same arc and the same ending, right? And if you go look at a lot of those, if the funny thing is, like you know, we got two staff picks like really quickly, and then I feel like that in that moment, I kind of like tried to recreate them, and then you know, and, the other the, the next ten films were total garbage. Mm. I mean, stop creating, like, yeah, like tried uh, stop creating and and tried to uh, recreate, yeah. Know? Yeah. At what point, um, it's obviously hard to see the forest through the trees. Like when did you realize you were doing that? Um, it was when Daniel made me take a month off. Oh shit. Yeah. What so, did he say when that happened? Um, I think he could, he could see that I was starting to live to come to work and that's just the type of guy that it, I mean, I, I get emotional about the time because he's like, uh, I think that was one of the, honestly, like one of the He's still like a mentor to me and one of my best friends and, and obviously like I still do work for them, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> like everything's good. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But I think he started to see that I, I started to live to come to work and live to, I don't know, be a filmmaker or something. I don't know. But he... um Like he got, like was there like e ego and stuff like that? Is oh, I'm sure, dude. Like it was probably like, you know, they wanted me, they probably wanted me to do like a promo or something and I'm 
You were too like, good for it. Like, yeah, fuck that, dude. Like, I only let's make, do something real good. I only make <laughs> mysterious documentaries about mysterious. It was people. probably it wasn't that, but it was it was something. I mean, I I was just like totally lost in trying to do that stuff. You know, like trying to recreate that shit. You I know? don't blame you, man. It's yeah. intoxicating. Yeah, and then you once you tap into it, right? You just want to keep tapping into yeah. it. So he, I mean, he, but he, I mean, he, he gave me a month off and yeah, he gave me a month off and he gave me a raise. Wow. Just kind of like, Hey dude, like I believe in you That's and I, I'd rather, best. I'd rather you be wow, um, great and like spend a month with your wife and chill out. Here's a couple more thousand bucks a year and, and come back and we'll make something cool, you know? And then we came back and we made a film about Tony Anderson that got staff picked. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, we, and then I started trying to recreate my own thing. Right. And then I just the whole cycle over again. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, unless no, it's. I mean, totally. I think um, ever since then, I think in that time, I I made it a rule for myself to I, and still this to this day, I still follow it. Like I I don't get on Vimeo, I don't um, watch my peers. Interesting. Um, I, I don't do, I, you'll never if you ever see me on a computer you never see me on Vimeo right um, so, but I, I you'll see me on YouTube because I love YouTube and like <laughs> watching dudes play Call of Duty and stuff all right <laughs> yeah no cat videos have all your attention right. um this so so you're not trying to, I guess you're trying to put on blinders from your peers but but obviously but so then who so then do you watch you know big time Hollywood guys and try to get yeah. from them instead it's not even... Where's the inspiration coming yeah, from? Yeah, it's not even like the idea of... I go see about three movies a week, and usually it's like whatever. Like, I don't really... I'm not like going to like the independent theater in Dallas and like trying to find like this really... Sometimes I will, you know? Yeah. I'll, like if I really want to see a film, you know? Like mm. um, there is only like one film playing the new Linklater movie. Um, what's it called? Dude, I have the same problem with the title, but I absolutely loved it. Did Everybody like wants it? some. Everybody yeah, wants yeah. some. Dude, it was great. Um, like I had to go find that movie, you know, and and then like th certain things like that, I'll like ha I'll go and find. But for the most part, you're just going to the local. I'll walk to my Cinemark and I'll go see a movie. And I think what I'm trying to do in the films that I'm making now is like just love it, like love making it. Love the process. Yeah, love the process. And like what's... It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's a and really hard thing to yeah, do. Yeah. And like what we make at the end of it is like, like even the films that were successful at Music Bed were so serendipitous that it was like, like it, it almost didn't happen. You know, like we almost like, uh, like effed everything up, you know, and yeah. like, and there's sto like it's so many stories inside making those films that were like those moments. Just like, I almost didn't do that. I almost stopped you know the entire thing are you you know there's like at some point aren't you going to come to realize that that's is always going to be there yeah and that's what i'm trying to like put em myself embrace in. yeah yeah and that's what we're doing this week you know on this on the film like i've never well it's a great it's a great way to like i mean i think that the the rules that you've created for yourself right. are the exact explanation of this mindset yeah yeah and it's it's fun like like i i went freelance this beginning of this year well yeah i wanted to talk about oh, okay. that i mean well because like because you so you you come back mm -hmm. and how long ago was that 
That was a year and a half. Uh, the end of 2015. No, 2014. Okay. And then you come back immediately. Christian found his mojo. Gets his <laughs> <laughs> Christian got his groove back. Yeah. Um, gets the staff pick with, with Tony Anderson. And yeah. then, you know, now you keep going. And what? where's your mindset as you keep working there? Well, I came back and we, we got, like went back to work, made a couple of films. I sat down with Daniel and I and I just said like, dude, what if we make a movie about that shit that that you told me to go away for or take a month off for and just like just like make a the not the like the end all be all film for it, but just like make the film about that and yeah, live in that question for a yeah, while. live in that question. And so he said yes and gave us one hundred fifty thousand dollars to make a, a feature documentary. Now I really do know why you didn't leave. <laughs> uh, lucky guy. So, I think it was, maybe it was 150. I don't know. Maybe it was more. Maybe it was less. Whatever. It doesn't. I was just. You were given the means. Right. Um, so we started producing that all of last year. Yeah. I remember and when you were on it. Yeah. So in that time, beginning of last year, we hired a producer, hired uh, a full-time DP, a full-time line producer. Ryan um, shot it. Right? Ryan shot that project. But in, in, the, in June of last year, we hired a freaking prodigy. His name's Ben Joyner. He is. He's literally ben, a prodigy. Ben doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, ben doesn't I snatched make him sense. up at a film school at a SCAD in uh, Savannah. Yeah. And he wasn't graduated yet, and I offered him a job before he graduated. Dude's How many kids do you know? Touched. No, I know. I, I had <laughs> Get a conversation. Him and I had a conversation, um, I guess, a while ago now. Yeah, man. He's got it. He's literally just, that's all I can say is he's got it. Yeah. But, yeah. like, that's the thing. I mean, and I, I think... I don't know. This community, like the smaller one um, that we're all in, it does lend itself towards like understanding certain ways about the craft or like certain aesthetics. And I think it's been really beneficial to have a lot of people that like recognize it and then talk yeah, about it. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I think it's no coincidence that a lot of the people on the show kind of come from that so far yeah and obviously i'm expecting it to branch out when i run out of people to talk to but um <laughs> but it's been interesting hearing everybody's come up because like that because we all got to this place differently but i think the one thing is that like oh like you could just look at this guy singing like oh yeah well that's it so like come right. on come on now like right. join us let's we'll um, do this together yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's super cool and so when when did the first inkling start to get into your mind of like leaving staff I think things just started to, they, what happened was music beds started needing a different thing, you know? That makes sense. Especially because also like, I, I don't know, you know, my audience, I don't know who, who would know and who doesn't, but in terms of like their scale, they grew so much. They grew very You're talking fast. about like you were like the 10th person, but yeah. now what do they have? Over 80? Um, no, it's not, it, that, it's not that It's big? not that big. Um, I think they have 50. Yeah. I mean, massive. I mean, that's a- In that, two years. That grew, that grew fivefold. Right. Like yes, and 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 then they opened up different divisions, and then they opened up film supply. And right. It's um, it's I could, a, it's I could a, see their their needs changing. Yeah, and I th and I think at the end of the day, I think what they needed was something that, not that I didn't want to give it to them, but that's it, it's just not how I don't I can't make that that type of film. You know. That's a great way to put it though too, and I think that a lot of people can get frustrated with themselves. When they're not delivering something, but like sometimes it's not like your ability. Yeah, I can't do that. Sometimes like I'm not the right. Like I, I've always been impressed by people who like get a brief for a big company or a big name, 
a lot of money and they're like, yeah, but that's what they're asking for. Like, that's not me. That's not me. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's really, uh, it's really cool when people have the ability to like walk away from that kind of thing. Cause you would think ego would just like, no, I'm going to figure it out. Right. But like to actually, oh, I definitely ad- tried. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely tried because I loved my fucking job so yeah, much. Yeah. You're working with your friends. Working with friends. You got, Every, you pitch you an got, idea and then next week you're doing it. Right. And I think what ended up happening was, um, yeah, like I said, they just need, started needing different things. And I had, I guess, the ability that I had, like, replaced myself through, you know, Ezra, the producer, Ben Joyner, or Michael Liotto, the, the other producer. Like, any one of those guys are incredible filmmakers, you know? So, in essence, I was had the ability to say, okay, like, it's not going to die, you know? Like, if they want to stay, if they, if they still want a film team, mm-hmm. like, then these guys will kill it. And I don't, I don't have to like, it's not like me leaving in the, oh, like music bed doesn't make films anymore. You know, like that was always like the, you the cared go- about it on a personal r- level. Yeah. You know, and I think, and As I think I'm, that was important. Yeah. Know? No, I, especially they were there for you and you want to be there for them and yeah. all that, man. But, um, so I guess that's cool that it, it wasn't really the economics. It was that you like creatively, you weren't lining up. Like creatively, you saw yourself kind of branching out, but also I like I would imagine at a certain point it's kind of like you want to do documentaries, you want to do whatever genre. You were doing it yeah. through the lens of music bed, right. and I could understand yeah. after a while needing to to do it without that lens on. Yeah, and just to make to make a doc because you want to make a doc. Yeah. So, did you start to like formulate? projects and ideas that you knew would only be possible outside of that infrastructure no no you're talking about like passion project type stuff or like passion but it doesn't have to necessarily be like you know afforded by yourself but like things that oh like just working with different in a different space yeah i think honestly my my like wholehearted desire was that i had the ability to do whatever i wanted exactly you know and I think that's kind of the the impetus of anybody's freelance career, which is just like maybe they start in freelance and they kind of discover that like, oh, I get to do whatever I want and that's why I love this lifestyle. (laughs) Or they're like, they come from a salary job and they're like, that's what I want, you know? And it's not, that's not to say like music bed wasn't fulfilling me in any way. Oh, I think you proved that it was fulfilling you in many ways. Yeah, and I think it was tough because... There, I didn't have any of that stuff lined up, you know? Well, I'm, I would love to talk about that transition okay. and like the fears that I'm, oh, yeah, sh- yeah. I'm sure you had that still, that we all still have. <laughs> I have a buddy of mine, he's a photographer. We were on a project and he was like, yeah, we, were, we got into this discussion. He's like, yeah, and he's like, I just call it the fear. <laughs> And he's like, and he's like, you, you know, you, you have, you have, you have, uh, all of a sudden you have like a two week window in your schedule and all of a sudden it's just by day six right. or five, it just starts creeping in. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm super lucky. I think I'm super lucky that I worked at music bed and stayed there for as long as I did. Um, because one, I don't think I was ready a year before like to leave. Why? Um, just that whole personal kind of side oh, of it, right. like yeah. trying to figure out. That was within a year. Yeah, living gotcha. to work and, and stuff like that. And and also, but like, yeah, so I, I'm incredibly lucky that I worked for Musicbed because I didn't, and maybe if I felt a little bit like I was cheating a little bit because I didn't have a tough job. I, I didn't have a tough time getting jobs, 
um, immediately afterwards because of all the work that I'd done for Music Bed, which is kind of like the obvious like thing. Like and you the, felt guilty about that? Um, no, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel guilty about it. But I, I felt like oh, I thought I that's did, what you just said. No, like I didn't have this. I didn't have much of a struggle. Like the transition wasn't much of a struggle financially. That's, well, that's great then. I mean, that's like like I felt like I needed. So then let's talk about what yeah. you saw. That well, you don't feel like you need that as a freelance, like starting out and having to grind it out. Well, I because I, I think for people listening, it's like you picked the right time. Like you saw that 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 it was possible to do without like the you know getting getting being put through a terrible situation like yeah. you know it's it is about timing i think pe- some people like the fact that you were able to wait an extra year um is good on you because you you put yourself in a position that wasn't so daunting right like you were pretty and i'm it, it sounds like you were self-aware of that fact and that you did it at a time when it was actually a bit safer and i think it's important for people to realize that you know it's not just about throwing yourself at it and then, like, no matter what, it's like you, you yeah. need to pick the right, right time, right? Because it's not fair to the people around you either if you just throw yourself into something, yeah. Especially if you have a wife or kids or whatever, yeah. You know, I can't like I still every time I talk to Ryan, we're like great friends, and and I can't imagine, dude, having three kids. He has three. I thought he had two. Can't imagine having two kids, <laughs> <laughs> and like. <laughs> Houston isn't cheap either, you know, like, uh, it's, it's not like New York, but it's not cheap. And I'm just like, in like, it's like such an, because he did come from that, he did have to grind it out for a long time. Yeah. And I think he's better for it. And that's what I guess I mean. Like, I feel like maybe not feeling that. But we, everybody's had their moment, uh, you know, like, like, and for you, it was different, but you were put in a position when those first staff picks came out to, and like you, you made you made in hindsight the right choice of like p- just putting on blindness being like I work here yeah, and I'm yeah, not going to yeah. and I'm not going to yeah. let myself get caught up in in that and yeah. that and that was that was like a really bold uh, important thing that you did and I think like you're reaping the benefits of that right now right yeah um so now that you've made it back, like out into freelance like how are you uh sounds like hit the ground running and and what's exciting you about that I mean I'm sure it is exciting um I mean just I mean it's that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I have enough time under my belt to fully know the pros and cons of the the lifestyle. Great. So, in the in the beginning, <laughs> what is it like for someone that feels like they're still transi- tran- transitioning, um, or not fully like understanding um, the way that you freelance? I think I'm, I, a big portion of it is like learning to live with that fear that you talked about, and then understanding that like. It's weird, dude. It's almost mystical. Somehow, some way, I have money in my bank account. <laughs> I know. It's, it's somehow, some way, someone's giving me a check for something. I know. And like for work, I mean. Like, no, I get I'm, it. It's not like you're I not pimping yourself it. on the corner. It's like, like I have nothing, dude. And then, and then, uh, I mean, I, I'm at the place right now. Like, obviously, we both have friends that that do one project a month. They'll direct one project a month, or DPs. They'll do two project a projects a month um and that's a great and they're getting paid very well for those two projects but i'm still in the situation where like i like this year i'll have five of those great projects and one right when i went freelance and then three at the end of this year and then uh, just got off of one and then i live day to day with these small three-day jobs or these small two-day jobs or you know that that i can kind of piece something together and like it's fine 
you know, like that, that like, I, I'll, I'll obviously like you have to, you have to not be an idiot about it, but sure. like, don't, don't, I think there's, I, and I, I pay attention pretty closely to that, you know, that three, uh, what is it called? Like the, the three rule, like, uh, like if it's not, if it's not like a great project, if it's not with great people, if it's not paying well, like if it doesn't have two of those, then I usually try not to do it. And when I haven't stuck to that rule, it ends up being like a mm-hmm. project that lasts for three months and never gets paid for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's funny. I think, yeah, that's, that's something just being able to f- see the red flags um, and actually stick to your guns about right. not taking them. Yeah. Um, that's a part of it for sure. Yeah. And I think, like I said, like the, it's, it's, it's honestly crazy how like the, the films that we made three years ago are like still getting me stuff today. You know, like it almost doesn't, but I guess it's like the power of film, you know, like how long it can actually last. Um, yeah. And I think like, that's a good feeling. Yeah. And it's great. And like, and it's really, it's really great when they're like, oh, we saw this one thing that you did. Like, we just wanted to feel like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I know how to do that. Like, what do you, do you guys want to do anything? To, like, do you guys want to do anything different? You know, it's, it's kind of sucks in that way, but it's, um, well, that's, I mean, pigeonholed is something right. that we're, we're all fighting right and i it's it's hard because i honestly don't have any desire to like live in documentaries at all mm. um, well I, I, I was gonna ask you know for, in terms of like future stuff like where are you where are you headed where are you where are you future stuff like just you're it's interesting to hear that mm. you don't want to be doing documentaries yeah where do you want to go i want to go hopefully i can <laughs> i think that the the aesthetic of documentaries was something that i will be something that I can't get rid of yeah. because it feels right to me. Mm-hmm. Even when I do narrative stuff, the small amount that I do, whether it's for commercial stuff or for a brand or whatever, if it's scripted, like if it doesn't look real, then I get really pissed and it, it feels like. I mean, you're talking also about like quality of light and like, you know, kind of steering away from high gloss. Mm-hmm. I think I can't imagine myself. Be, and that's what I, was, what I was saying earlier is I'm not good at that stuff. There's people that are good at that stuff and like, can make uh, something look super commercial and high gloss and like, like and fit it in. Like I have tons of friends who do that and I'm super jealous that they can do that. But at the same time, they're probably jealous of me of the stuff that they can't do, you know, like the, and unfortunately like the stuff that, why are you jealous? Um, because it looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like be, like using big, big gear and big crews and that kind of thing. Is that what's fun about it? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it looks like a shit ton of fun, <laughs> but I think it's interesting. And obviously, like this was planted when we started doing stuff, and and from like people, f- like you know, people like Variable and and stuff that were mixing incredible visuals with documentary. It's the hybrid, and yeah, I think I really am interested in in being successful and and people wanting the hybrid. Yeah, you know, and that's like, where we live. Yeah. And it's super fun. And like sometimes you don't get to, you, it doesn't make sense to play with a huge gear because you're moving so fast. But like mm-hmm. where you can meet in the middle is like extremely interesting, you know? Very. Yeah. And trying and, to figure out know. like where what's truth in that. Yeah. And like authenticity of the story and like where you can bend the line and where you, where you shouldn't. Right. And I think it's funny like going from the thing that I'm doing this week, which is like, all the way cinema verite, like no schedule, no nothing, like running around with the C one hundred and a lav on somebody. Sounds I kinda, like fun. I kind of, I kind of want to. And you're that, shooting it. Me and another guy are shooting it. Okay. Um, 
I'm I'm like itching to go do something that is like super composed commercial. And yeah, I think back home in like my uh, because I I th- I do love it so much, dude. Like I mean, cinematography is just kind of like my home, and and like what I look for as for inspiration is just all cinematography, and it has nothing to do with like like the cinematography actually like makes me more inspired for stories and more inspired for characters and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like. I, it's hard for me to go. I, I don't. Think, I don't reference characters that I've seen before or anything like that. I think this is happening with a lot of people that also direct, myself included. Where we came up with the SLRs, so we came up shooting our own stuff. And I think that generations right. before that, if you were directing, like you needed to find the guy that was doing this, the DP stuff. Right. But we we skip. We cut the middleman, became the shooter, <laughs> and um, even as we're getting into infrastructures that require an absolute you know yeah. dichotomy of those two things we can't help but our our, our minds are melded and, yeah and that's and that's just you know you can work it to your benefit for sure but it's definitely something that i find a lot of us are dealing with and i think that it's because of how the dslr and how we started and all that right yeah it's super interesting but yeah i'm luckily like there's people that want that now you know and i think big brands and stuff are leaning towards that we're like and it, I mean, obviously, people like Elliot kind of started that whole thing, and and I think there's a lot of other kind of docu-style commercial people that that kind of are leading the way in that. Still, you know, that I would love to be a part of. You know, I think the more and more brands are kind of wanting that. You know, yeah. I think like I leave I leave for two. I didn't sign an NDA, so I can talk about it as much as I want. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I leave for two weeks for a, a two-week project for Red Bull that they're partnering with mm-hmm. Bonnaroo Festival and like that's what they want you know they want like they want you to take your time and and they want something incredibly visual and incredibly human yeah and like if I can land somewhere in there dude like that's that's great you know I think that's where you want to be heading yeah I think so even when I like move to stuff that's scripted or narrative stuff like I can't imagine myself like as much as as I love you know Aronofsky and I love movies uh yeah like people that have this very surreal quality to their stuff like i I can't imagine leaning that way you know in your own work yeah yeah well knowing that is uh is a good thing right like leaning into what you actually want to be doing and what you think you're good at and where you feel comfortable yeah you've been doing that for a long time and it's been working out yeah hopefully it keeps working there you go (laughs) i think it's a good place to end on man i'm so glad that it all worked out thanks dude i appreciate it appreciate your honesty (laughs) 